0: Hi, I'm Mayer, Jag Jagmedan, and welcome to Atlin Ventures podcast, where we interview successful Gen Z entrepreneurs and investors to give you perspective on the trends and companies that are shaping our future. Atland Ventures is a $1 million independent student fund based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We write C-checks and companies solving problems felt by our generation, and since our inception in 2018, we have backed 13 companies. To learn more about our team, check out atlinventures.com. In today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Sam Neville, the co-founder and CEO of Good Wipes.
1: Sam, how are you doing today? Yeah, good to see you, buddy. I'm doing great. I've never been better. It's a beautiful Monday here in Atlanta. The sun set just 45 minutes ago at 7.15, so I feel like there was an extra spark of light for our podcast session here this evening. Oh, absolutely. Nothing like Good Wipes and Atlin collab. That's
0: always something that everyone's looking forward to. That's right. Everyone's talking about it. So speaking of Good Wipes, I actually have a packet right over here. I wipe wiped my face down. And I saw that they're biodegradable. So I think i am keep it real with that. Like what was kind of your background and what kind of got you interested in really starting Good Wipes?
1: Yeah. Oh, and thank you for for trying out the wipes. And look, they're just, they're so much fun. They feel so good. That's really what we wanted to create. And really it came from this origin where my business partner, Charlie and myself, look, we met in college. So it's kind of unique that our investors are in college and we love that. Um, It just shows the the full circle bond, the circle of life. I think that movie was Lion King. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Lion King, Simba, beautiful stuff. It really... It was born out of college. It was born out of necessity. You know, I met I met my business partner Charlie, in the bathroom of this upstairs, of this fraternity house. It was this this filthy bathroom, and we both had baby wipes, and we're like tiptoeing our way out of there because it was it was it was just a dump. We bonded over the fact that we both wiped our butts with baby wipes, and converted all these other people to start using baby wipes. And for whatever reason, you know, initially they said we were ridiculous, but then after that everyone started using them. And so we knew we had something a few years after college. And, you know, we actually lived in Minnesota for a bit, but which we love, Minneapolis, one of my favorite cities, one of the best cities in the country. And, and you know, after college, we, we kind of looked back and said there was a lot that could have changed with that experience. And one was the, the eco-friendliness of the product. You, baby wipes are not meant to be flushed. Of course, we always threw ours in the trash can, you know, with remnants on them, unfortunately, but we did. We were always responsible. But now we were able to, to source innovation that's 100% flushable, 100% biodegradable breaks down the ground. So for those who are camping and then if you, you know, for well-maintained sewer systems, you're good to go. And that was something that was really important if we want more people inviting them to the hygiene revolution. Absolutely. And with that being said, like, could you elaborate where you went to college and kind of, let's say like your journey between convincing people to use baby wipes? we wanted to Charlie and I are just very ambitious, we didn't know how to go about it at that time, seven and a half years ago, um, or 13 years ago, when we were in college, but you know, the just the, just the sheer wanting to share that experience and feeling with others with our friends or people we don't know to convert everyone. It's just, that's what drives us every day. That's our purpose to inspire people to feel good, because when you feel good, you do good. And the reason why I kick butt every single day is because I feel fresh and clean with good wipes. It's very, it's, it's really simple. It's not, Jack, it's not rocket science. That's what we tell everyone when people ask us about it. We, we just say A plus B equals C 1000, baby. So with the whole journey of just keeping it simple,
0: like what did you learn about building a product, Good Wipes, and building a brand around the simple state?
1: so funny that you asked that because it's taken us a painstakingly long time to reduce and reduce and reduce and reduce to gain this simplicity when in reality the entire time we've been running this company it's really the most simple of things use like i said a plus b equals c1000 right wipe your butt feel good you can do good in the world it's really that simple and so we're kind of doing this thing we talked about this last week where we're transcending you know, this simplicity into happiness from something as simple as a butt wipe or a body wipe, and how that simple act, that simple experience that you have to do anyway all day, or at some point of your day, not all day, hopefully, is how that could just make you feel so amazing. And so we're saying we wanna come into this category. Here's what we've learned is we're trying to come into this category. It's so old, it's so normal, it's so vanilla, it's toilet paper. And we're coming in, we want to create this whole world around it. But at the end of the day, it's still this really simple act. So we have this kind of this juxtaposition, this duality going on, where on one side you have, we're creating this whole brand and there's so much complexity that goes behind it. But at the end of the day, the result is so simple and we want it to be even more simple and enjoyable for the consumer. And that is something that we're learning is how we continue to kind of like how we were talking about, go from the complex to the simple and make it work for people. Because when it works for people, that's when everyone wins. That's awesome statements over there.
0: That's something really growing with the Gen Z perspective of just kind of building community. And we're seeing that rise in in our investments, companies we see, and as well as with how other more established companies approach that with their marketing campaign. So kind of like with being a front runner in the space, like what's something you've noticed about Gen Z trends regarding community building and also within the CPG
1: space? you know it's funny because it's it's a lot of talk of investors and brands who want to build community but you have to look at where community comes from the desire the demand it's not us it's from it's from the people people especially now in covid where you don't get to look in people's full faces unless you're on a zoom call because everyone's wearing a mask of course rightfully so and what people are just craving human connection and they've been deprived of it more so and more so every day you're on your phone it's all digital and that is not the same as the feeling of being in a room with someone or a group of people bonding over similar and like-minded ideas. Or if it's a philosophy class and you're arguing against each other, but you all have the same vision to make the world a better place. That's what, that's what the crux of community is. And people are desperate. They're dying for it. Everybody, you, me, in one way or another, you want to be a part of something. I can say I'm very independent, but Jack, what do I really want? I want to be a part of elite entrepreneurs. I want to learn from them. I don't know everything I need to know. So community is really something that's, that's universally driven from where you are in Minneapolis, where I am in Atlanta, all the way to you know Timbuktu or whatever, Tahiti, doesn't matter. Everyone wants to be part of, of, of community because as a as social, as, as social species and humans, that's how we win, that's how we survive, that's how we thrive. So community is really just as simple as what we've already been talking about. It's just kind of fundamental to human nature. And it is really cool when a brand is able to naturally foster a community because they've done such a good job of providing a fun conversation or a new way of behaving or a a special product they didn't know they needed. Kind of like this silly bone broth thing that I'm drinking, you know. I could bond with people over that. So it's it's, – I'm just as fascinated with it as you, and I think I just spent – you know, four minutes talking about my fascination with it, my curiosity with it. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's 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 kind of what's what's needed out there for for a brand to win. But no matter what, people are going to find a community one way or another, whether it's your brand or someone else's. No, but I really appreciated that. I think building out the
0: brand is huge, and I think one big thing that entrepreneurs tend to take with building community and building a brand is tend to go through choosing their investors and as well as going through accelerators. So you actually have the opportunity to go through the brandery. A really top accelerator based thing in cincinnati ohio from that experience could you kind of talk me through what were the top three things you learned and as well as what are some invaluable insights that you can want to give to people out there who are trying to start their own cpg company
1: absolutely the brandery, brandery was a fantastic experience cincinnati gave us so much really was a MBA was a crash course in what it takes to build a brand at an elite level in a brick and mortar establish- establishment, going to market, working with the Walmarts, the Targets, the Kroger's, the Costco's, the Dollar Generals, wherever your path is, the blending, the omnichannel, the e-comm, and really was at the forefront of the CPG revolution. and. And partnering you with an ad agency, or excuse me, an agency, a branding agency, from that that can take you from soup to nuts. And we just we had some invaluable connections there. Speaking of community, we we really were able to be part of an amazing community there. And you know the, the top three things that we learned. Number one, one of the things that always stuck with me is that your customer, you your brand is not the hero. Okay, if we're doing an ad for Goodwipes, good wipes are not the hero you, Jag, who uses Good Wipes, you are the hero. So you will be the hero of my ad because you discovered and went on this journey to feel good and then do good. It is not Good Wipes, it is you, you understand? Number two, communicating with the consumer and I would say it's kind of tactical and and trade oriented, but just really learning that you are working for the consumer at the end of the day, but again, you're also on the other side of that working, working in partnership with the retailer. So it's, and then you're working for your objectives. And so many people will say, oh, you really just got to serve the retailer. or You really just got to watch out for your brand, or you only need to watch out for the consumer. I typically err on the side of wanting to watch out for the consumer being consumer first. The truth is, is that the pieces of the puzzle, you really do have to go with, with all three. Consumer first, but you can't ignore what the what's good and important for the retailer. You just can't do it. Otherwise, you're going to leave something behind. So, absolutely,
0: I think those are really valuable insights. Especially the biggest thing about the marketing, I like the way like he not really about the product itself, but about the person using the product. Let's jump to my next question. Where I think Goodwipes for us, one of the biggest things stood out is just our your colorful marketing. So, kind of what was the inspiration behind using Goodwipes's marketing scheme, and as well as just building out that brand of just standing out there and being in front of your face.
1: Yeah. You know, I I can take zero credit for, well, I'll take like a very minute amount of credit for that. Right. Why would I do that? Because I I knew I had the desire, you know, when Charlie and I started this years ago, (laughs) we had the desire to, to create a colorful, fun, engaging brand. But, I, I don't have the skill set or the design expertise to have been able to, to carry that through. So really, that's our number one, our hero, Maria, who's been with us for five years since right before we started with the brandery. And that is just a really, that, that's that been a, a, an incredible experience having her. In. Absolutely. I just love what's coming out of the
0: products. I mean, using this rose water, the rose water packaging on here, it's amazing. You have the handy dandy travel pack. You're a genius. Yep.
1: And the color scheme, just really soothing. So thank you. I love the words, you know, we want to ex- invoke excitement when it, when someone engages with our product, whether it's, it's, you find at the store or in your home. So we really wanted to solve for both, both of those kind of angles there, so to speak. And uh, we feel like we've achieved it and we have a lot more fun and engaging colors and flavors on the way um, for, for all the categories that we play in, including online and you know, we, we, that's part really Jag of how we build communities is is drawing them in, learning them and letting them know that we're this fun, engaging brand that they can feel safe with us and that we can build and go on a journey together.
0: So I also want to hop back to your earlier question I mentioned with building like a brand and building a community. It also is involved with the investor too. And for you just being an entrepreneur in early stage company, what are some key things you look into when doing due diligence on an investor?
1: That's a great question. I actually was just looking at a post about this. Again, it's it's simple in that you want someone that fully and wholeheartedly believes in what you're trying to achieve, your greater mission. I like having someone who's kind of at least involved in some components of the higher le- or of the details a little bit below just the higher level mission, where they can have good insights and provide value in, in a thought provoking way. Like, hey, have you thought about this or this and you know, whether we act upon it now or three years from now, I, I want someone who is kind of engaged in that manner. So for us, it's very important because we know that if you have smart people who are excited and engaged about the brand, energized by it and likes working with you, then you're typically going to get good results from that. You know, more brains are, are better than one and one is better than none. Right. So that's how we look at it. And And, you know, we're very particular. I mean, we certainly had calls with investors that you know, I'm sure they felt the same way, but, you know, maybe they weren't as jazzed about our business and, you know, we weren't, you know, as jazzed about them, but that's what it's all about. It's fit. It's, it's basically, they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them. It's kind of like when you're interviewing for someone for a job, essentially. So that, that's kind of how we look at it, kind of how we feel about it. And we honestly couldn't be happier with any of our investors. They're, they're magnificent and, and they've helped a lot. And, you know, we, we also look for people who, much like Atlin, they're not just there in times of success. When something's bad, if there's ever bad news, we go right away. We don't even want to wait until something plays out, unless, obviously, it's pertinent to get more information. But, you know, we, we don't like to wait a second. We, we want to keep everyone engaged, and you, you would be surprised at the amount of excellent information and and help you can get in support when you're communicative across all fields, and updates. Makes sense for sure. So this
0: will wrap up somewhat of our really informative questions. The wipe market is very competitive. I know there's a lot of companies doing similar things with just like refreshing wipes, but like good wipes itself. What's your unique value proposition and what's making you stand out from the rest of the competition?
1: Yeah. So um, across all categories, you know, we're, we're one of the, the few ones that are all of our wipes are biodegradable our flushable butt wipes and our down there wipes are flushable and biodegradable no plastic so so they check all the eco-friendly boxes the ingredients they're better for you on the eco-friendly side and for you better for the planet better for you the ingredients are soothing it's our unique formula that we put together based on research based on consumer insights of consumers of people that we knew and didn't know reacting to positively to the proposition that we put out there including the hydrosols, which are the naturally derived essential oils, which create the scent that you so much love, the rose water, the shea cocoa, the lavender, the cedar, which creates an extra experience. I don't know why people would wipe their butt and not want it to smell better like rose water rather than just using toilet paper, which by the way, leaves dookie stains behind. So it's like the double negative there. And Good Wipes, we're, we're bringing all the positivity because butts deserve better. I love that, butts deserve better. That's an exclusive drop there for you. And <laughs> I would only do that for you. I love it, man, appreciate
0: it. You noticed too, as you mentioned, like get involving, back to an investor question, like you mentioned, it's interviewing people and, and having them interview you and kind of seeing the fit. So I saw that like, Good Wipes is hiring on your LinkedIn bio, and I'm curious,
1: how does one get a job with Goodwipes? That's a very good question. So, I mean, look, we do look for qualified experience. We really look for hunger, passion. Someone who, who cares about the brand and cares about culture are huge, outstanding components. A lot of people want to join the startup phase. We're really looking for someone who's able and willing to roll up their sleeves, kind of get their hands in the dirty work, which a lot of people think they do. Even sometimes I myself, I'm like, oh, I love grinding. Grinding is easy when everything is going well, but when poop hits the fan, you need to be able to step up and say, I'm ready to do this dirty work. And it doesn't feel good every day. That's the thing that people need to be honest about. You're not gonna get jazzed about doing work that you're just kind of like, man, this stinks, or God, I need to catch up on this, but you just drudge through it because you know on the other side of it, there is massive reward and winning. And that's what we're looking for. People that are willing to go the extra mile, to put the extra hour in, and hold us to account to build a better brand for consumers, for our retail partners, and, and, and a culture that's going to last forever so that in fi- not just in two and three and 10 years, but in 50 years, people are going to be talking about Good vibes. That's what we're going for here. Love to hear it. So on
0: the topic of culture, uh, we've noticed that a lot of your LinkedIn posts include 90s hip hop references. What was the inspiration? And then what's been your favorite song from that
1: era? My, uh, that's funny. You know, yeah. honestly, LinkedIn, I, I don't even think about it. I just write. I just write. I literally just say, oh, I want to share this. And I just write and whatever comes to my head. What I like to do on LinkedIn is if it's subconscious, a subconscious formula is I, I find it to be sometimes a silly platform in that it seems overly, not all of it. It's very positive, but some of it seems fake sometimes or too force, forced i think is the word not fake and i just i just want to have fun with it and i just i want other people to have fun with it yes we want to brag a little bit but i want people to have fun and engage and i like to root people on there i like to have fun so i want to create authorship in a different way than just the normal like hey guess what or, or what have you and my favorite authors do that in their own way they're, they're writing much more impactful meaningful stuff than i am but I, you know, I just wanted to come to the platform with something different, and again, not overthink it at all. It's just part of my personal operating system, just to kind of have fun with it.
0: And which is your favorite song from that era of '90s rap?
1: Oh boy, '90s rap—that's a—that's a tough question. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's my favorite song from the 1990s? I mean. I don't think I could pick just one. I don't, I don't even think, I think it's, 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 it's R-rated and I'd like to keep it PG. So I'm actually going to decline to answer the question. I don't have a good answer. There's too many to name. All right, name, name one of the ones on the list because you didn't give me the, a one. I gave you nothing, I know. I, I'm a big Wu-Tang fan um, in general. just of the movement of the brand uh, of everything that they do. You know, I would say, you know what? I'm going to give you a song right now. You, you hold your horses. I do love Ghostface Killah. H- him and Raekwon are my favorite of the Wu-Tang Clan. And the song that I would say is Winter Wars, but no one knows that song. OK, I've not listened to that song Oh. It's a the, it's, the, it's my favorite song. It's my favorite song. It's
0: absolutely my favorite song. Since you gave me one, I kind of pressure tested you. I'll give you mine. I'm going to have to say, tough ones, like. For PG rated, I'll keep any Will Smith song because he doesn't use the language of older people in his music. Yeah, no, but, he does a good job. But I think my favorite song, I have to say, was "A Good Day" Ice Cube.
1: Oh, that's a good song. I like that song a lot. Yeah, that works.
0: That's a really good song. Sure thing. I mean, describe the day in Atlanta. If so I was a good day for
1: you, it, it absolutely was a good day. It definitely was. It definitely was. And then for you,
0: following up with that, like what's also kind of your favorite hobbies, favorite books, or podcasts you listen to as well?
1: Yeah, I, I, I read a lot of Scott Adams. He's the author Dilbert. Dilbert. Uh, his book "How to Fail at Anything and Still Win Big" at almost anything and still win big is a huge influence on me. It's just in like how he breaks down things in, in, in just hyper simplicity. It's that's really exciting. So that's a big one and then you know podcasts i'm um, here I, I like mind pump it's a great one it's a fitness podcast but they're they're brilliant and i don't know really, nah, i mean there's too many going on how, how am i supposed to listen to all of them atl adventures is probably my number two i appreciate the shout out there of course and then favorite hobby just Oh, I like, you know, what I've been doing a lot lately is I've been doing a little bit of running. That's been fun. So running, boxing, kickboxing, weightlifting. Those are my favorite hobbies. I love it. So when it comes to Minneapolis next, we'll go on on a run. Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: For anyone listening to this podcast, is there any ask from them? Like, What would you ask any listener to do for you?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so the, the, the amount of responsibility you have when you're speaking to an audience of millions. What do I ask them? What do I do? I ask of you to lend me your ears and just uh, give Good Wipes a follow at G-O-O-D-W-I-P-E-S at Good Wipes. www.goodwipes.com. Calm, 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 calm.
0: There you go. You heard it from the king of wipes himself. Give good wipes a follow. You won't be disappointed.
1: Thank you. I'm
0: in, baby. Let's do it. All right, Sam. Have a great rest of your day. I know it's kind of late over there in Atlanta, but finish it off strong
1: and appreciate you for being on the show today. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for having me. Talk soon.